Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, in historical order, scene by scene or day by day until the end of time. Something that I really appreciate about the two of us is that if one <laughs> of us makes any kind of creative, not even creative, it's just like any kind of choice or mistake yeah. in the opening the other one of us will immediately repeat it. Uh, yeah, and I absolutely. think that that's very fun. Um, it's an ongoing thing. Uh, I just edited an episode the other day where you did like an, a weird pause. And so I did a weird pause, but I took a longer one and you actively went uh, like kind of quietly to yourself. <laughs> like, did you forget where you were? Like you, you like very clear, like <laughs> waiting for me to continue. And you went, and I had to actually go, sorry, you paused there. So I did. And you were like, Oh, okay. I gotcha, gotcha. Um, uh, I just really quick. One thing I do is uh, when people typo, I try and yes and their typos mm -hmm. in a way that I I often fear makes it seem like I'm making fun of them for typoing. Uh, I do the same, but I am making fun of them for typoing. Right. I'm trying to make a world where they haven't made a mistake. Mm, I but see. sometimes it sounds the same as what yeah. happens for me is, is that if you're Morgan Spatola and. <laughs> <laughs> I finally did it. You're the one that always gets me when I'm taking a sip of something. And this time I managed to get you. I knew you were going to like <laughs> nothing about that was surprising. And I don't really no. understand what happened. I mean, it happens with other people as well, but specifically with Morgan, Morgan one time said amazing instead of amazing. Mm. And I yeah. made a shirt about it and we sold like five of them. <laughs> um, did I, I, there's a, Oh, uh, they made a, a typo on another thing they posted, and I had hashtag Amazy Grace. Yes. Which I've is like a that, typo yeah. that That's turns out to be better than the original. Right. I'd like to make that a thing. Um, yeah, I love those sort of things. I, I love that because also, like, I'm fully aware that, like, it's going to happen to me as well. You know what I mean? Like, I'll say yeah. something. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's a very good meme about that that uses the uh, panel from Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where they took the panel where Batman says, this is where my parents died, Raphael. And he says, Kella Bummer, which is such a fucking weird choice. But what they do is they- I'll call his girlfriend. Yeah. Is they, they edit it so that he makes a typo, and then Batman immediately underneath that fixes it and puts a, I think instead of like, I think instead of parents, it says Parnets, because this uh -huh. is where my Parnets died. And then immediately under that, underneath that says- parents asterisk and now it's Raphael, but then they've just photoshopped it so that it's all four brothers standing over his shoulder all four of them simultaneously going parnets and i was like because it's like group chat like dynamic kind of thing and i was right. like yes i love that that's exactly what it is um, did you like when i corrected a typo that i made like 15 hours before the other day no i, I, I had written i had written like me when I meant mine or something, and I saw it as like the last thing I said. Oh, so then, yes, like, the next our, morning. Yes, I did see that because I remember being like, You said scene. You're like, yeah. I, when I, scene, oh, right, right, right. different, a different spelling. Yeah. And I was like, What's funny is that, like, I was like, I knew exactly what you meant, but it, it was so funny to me to wake up to you fixing something from almost 24 hours before, which was very funny. <laughs> um, but what is also needing some fixing, James. Ooh is some ties, some emotions. And that's what we're going to be getting into with Agent Carter Season 1, Episode 4, starting at 36 minutes, 27 seconds, and going to the end of the episode. Do you like how I segued that in? 
feel like that was pretty good. Very good. Yes, yes, yes. So Peggy crosses the street and Jarvis catches up to her, walking with her. She asks if he knew. He says he regrets how it was handled. She tells him to never play poker. He rubs his ear when he lies. Notably, he then does not touch his ear. He stands firm and says uh, that Mr. Stark and he both respect her tremendously and question if there's anyone alive that holds her in such high esteem. She comes back with a cutting line of, I can trust the actions of men who don't respect me more than those who do. At least when they ask for something, they mean it. Carter walks on. Jarvis sits down at a shoe shine. He says to the man in the middle, You took her for granted. The newspaper drops, and it's Howard Stark with a shiner on his eye. Although there's also a shoe shiner on his... Anyway. uh, I like it. So he's like, "Eh, you can get her back. Jarvis talks about having to apologize for Stark over the last five years and how how he thought he had grown used to it. But this one stings, is what he says. And he walks away. Then the newspaper comes down on the left, and the bespectacled gentleman says to him, Hey, can I borrow the sports section? Howard hands it over. Thank you. The man is delighted, and Howard contemplates. Back in the Bell Company building, Peggy begins handing out lunches while Sousa sits with his hunches. Do you like what I did there? Love it. He takes down the photo of the woman from the club. I imagine they have more than one copy, but this is wild to me, that he takes it down and immediately takes a pencil and starts coloring in the woman's hair. It's like a child, like, with a coloring book. It's weird. It's weird how he does it. Thompson and Dooley talk about the new information that Dooley has acquired in Dooley's office. I said his name way too many times. Thompson asks if their two suspects were the one that killed the hundreds of people dead in Finnau. Dooley says, how do two people kill hundreds? And why are they listed amongst the dead? Unless they assume the identities of men who actually died there. And now, a new wrinkle for the forehead. The day after the Battle of Finnau, guess who landed on the airfield? I don't know, Bob Hope? Howard Stark, he says, pointing very clearly on camera, uh, on a piece of paper. Dooley says to pour a scotch, make it a double. We have ourselves a conspiracy. In Peggy's apartment, she blasts Drum Boogie by Jean Krupa. Krupa? Krupa. Krupa. Uh, as she breaks open a hole in the wall with a hammer. Dooley sits with his own hunches. Angie knocks on Dottie's door for dinner. Dottie is holding her newly acquired weaponry and yells out, I'll meet you down there in a jiffy. As Dooley puts up some new pictures on the wall, Peggy hides the blood sample in hers and puts a picture up to cover it. Finally, Dooley is looking through the files when there is a whirring sound. He slowly looks up to his office as the typewriter begins to type on its own. The music swells, and then, ding, cut to black. Very good. It's very good. I like the way that um, Agent Carter uses like the music of the era as sort of like montage scene yeah. sequences, which is also cool because they kind of did that in What If when they had her fighting you know, Hydra. Cause like with Captain right. America doing the air levels. Right. Exactly. In Captain America, when he goes to all those bases and stuff like that, it's like cinematic. It's, right. you know, it's your know, Alan Silvestri, you know, power, you know, stuff. And then like, I like that. I, I, I Alan Silvestri was like, George Gershwin can kiss my ass. Yeah. He was like, I'm putting another song in there. Yeah. 
He was like, Gersh, this one, right? Gersh one, Gersh win. I don't know. I couldn't get that. Gersh on Gersh on this sucker. And they're like, he's dead. And he's like, well. Exactly. I'll see him in hell. And they're like, what? Jesus, Alan. No, so I also think, though, that like, I, I, I can't confirm that when they added that kind of feel to the what if episode for Peggy Carter, if it was because they were kind of following suit from Agent Carter. It could just be happenstance in that in that regard, um, but uh, it, I would love if it was like, hey, they frequently would put up a song as they would sort of montage their way through a few yeah. finer moments of like a specific day or whatever. I think that would be great if that was sort of like a tip of the hat kind of thing. When there's diegetic music, mm-hmm. it means that the person on screen is interesting, like Peggy Carter or Star-Lord, or Black Panther. When it's just a score, or like Iron Man has ACDC and stuff. When it's just a score, it's because the person on screen is not interesting and doesn't have any music in their heads at all. Like Captain America. Let's let's finish that thought. Who else Who else then would be boring, James? Um, Let's see. Well, not Iron Fist, so that's one. Um, let's see, who would be? Um, I think it's just Captain America. So, <laughs> okay, there we go. Because, like, Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. you got the hits of the 90s. Now, that's what I call 1995. Now that's what I call Captain Marvel. Um, anyway, let's uh, Anyways. let's let's get into some stuff. So, um, I, I don't have much for this episode, yeah. Um, yeah. so what I did want to do though is I was figuring. You know, Stan Lee, I, I just realized we actually didn't say it out loud. The bespectacled gentleman that I mentioned listener, earlier. you knew, listener, right? you knew. I mean, you heard the voice. <laughs> it's what I do the Excelsior as. If you didn't go, oh, that sounds a lot like when Kong goes, Excelsior, right? It's, it's Is Stan Colin Lee. always being this guy on the shoeshine stand? So, what, what a, a weird, weird reference. reference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, hey, could I borrow the sports section? I can't believe he never said true believer in any of these. Yeah. But anyway, uh, he was a true believer in checking out the scores. Uh, and so let's talk Ooh. about what the sports news would have been for April 24th, 1946. Or rather, at least what would be in the paper on that day, right? So let's talk some baseball scores first and foremost on uh, the 24th. Can you please put an effect over your voice like it's on the radio? Yeah, absolutely. On April 24th, 1946, they would have covered the games from the day before. So the games in the MLB from Tuesday, April 23rd, 1946 would have been your Washington Senators winning over the Boston Red Sox 8-2. Ooh. Then you would have had the Boston Braves losing 0-5 to five to the Brooklyn Dodgers. Hey, Brooklyn! Oof. Bad day for Boston. <laughs> no sleep till Brooklyn! Uh, and they still, won't, yeah, they still won't get it, because they got zero points. The Detroit Tigers fell 1-3 to three to the Chicago White Sox. The St. Louis Cardinals won 3-2 against the Cincinnati Reds. The Philadelphia Athletics, with the worst name in the game, losing 0-3 to the New York Yankees. Boo! The New York Giants lost tremendously to the Philadelphia Phillies, 1-8. And the Chicago Cubs won 3-1 against your Pittsburgh Pirates. That is, as of now, your standings for So New York, Philly, and Boston each had two teams that played... Uh, yes, yeah. Philadelphia had two two teams, and then uh, New York City would have had two teams. Yeah, the Brooklyn Dodgers and the Yankees. 
Oh, they would have had. Oh, where were the Giants? Where were the Giants located? Oh, and the and the were the and the New York Giants. Yeah, so they would have had three. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, the day that someone was like, "What if?" Now, hear me out. What if the West Coast thoughts? What if we put the New York teams in California? <laughs> yeah, I also think, and I could be wrong on this, but I think there's also other teams here because 14 teams does not make an entire division. So, oh yeah, because the the Baltimore Orioles weren't weren't didn't play. There's a couple of the teams, uh, of course, that I'm not going to remember. But the reason why I know Baltimore existed is because, well, that's such a weird thing to say. But the reason why I know that is because also in the news, in the New York Times on April 24th, 1946, get a load of this headline, Ed Robinson sent to the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, look um, On uh, other sports news, uh, the Browns uh, by Dahlgren? I guess is the name, uh, the pirates first baseman. Oh, look at that. Oh. And then also they, they, they I guess because it was relevant to, uh, their division for one of the New York teams, they mentioned that the white Sox victors over tigers, three to one Benton's wildness and error in first, pro, uh, in first produces two runs. Dietrich is effective. That's the full uh, headline. Hey, real quick, yeah. real quick. Red Sox, Detroit Tigers, New York Yankees, Washington Senators, Chicago White Sox, Cleveland Indians, St. Louis Browns, Philadelphia Athletics, St. Louis Cardinals, Brooklyn Dodgers, Chicago Cubs, Boston Braves, Philadelphia Phillies, Cincinnati Reds, Pittsburgh Pirates, and New York Giants. So eight eight in each league. Interesting. Uh, now here's something fun for you. Uh, my favorite thing is that like they have little to no information on N- uh, NHL games. Uh, yep. But I did know I do know what the standings are for some of the teams as of okay. April twenty third, nineteen forty six. Uh, your Montreal Canadiens uh, mm-hmm. are currently at twenty eight wins, seventeen losses, and five ties. The Boston Bruins are currently at twenty four wins, eighteen losses, and eight ties. The Chicago Blackhawks are currently at twenty three wins, twenty losses, and seven ties. The Detroit Red Wings are at twenty wins, twenty losses, ten ties. The Maple Leafs, 19 wins, 24 losses, 7 ties. And the New York Rangers, 13 wins, 28 losses, and 9 ties. Uh, that is all the information that we have for any NHL team. Uh, that is six teams available. Um, right. n- no more data readily available on the internet for 19. Who's, who's Who has the best standings in that? Uh, Canadians. Got it. Which is such a funny thing to say. And then Boston Bruins, very closely by him. Well, uh, that leaves... I mean, that's that's kind of crazy, right? Like, to think about, like, I mean, again, it's a little bit of stuff for, for hockey, though technically hockey was over at that point, which is probably the only reason why I know the standings at that time. Right. Um, but, like, we don't know, like, if there was any, like, it's hard to find articles that are, like, here's the, like, the literal news, like, any kind of trades or anything like that happening. Right, like, what happened today. Right. Uh, but you know what also happened in 1946 in sports, James Anderson? What, 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 what? Uh, well, in 1946 in sports news, the Buffalo Bills, baby, let's go. Who's that? Buffalo Bills. I can't yell because I have neighbors and there's definitely kids asleep, but I definitely just took off my Orioles hat and swapped over to my jersey and Buffalo Bills cap. Bills by a billion, baby. 1946 Buffalo, New York. Let's go. The Buffalo Bills was the name of the team, uh, which is a play on the name of the famed Wild West showman, Buffalo Bill Cody. 
and that's where the name comes from because they were initially uh, known as the Buffalo Bisons, uh, but they uh, elected with the nickname the Bills, and then they just basically became the Bills. Uh, I have had my jersey underneath a button-up shirt this whole time, and I quickly threw it off. And uh, I've been sitting in wait for this moment <laughs> since we first started recording, James. <laughs> I'm proud of you. That's also why I've been secretly recording this one. <laughs> I'm, I'm not having audio issues. Are you kidding me? I was ready for this moment. I was ready I to was be like, like, let's go, he's Bills. He's so calm about the, about the, the audio re- recording issues. He's not like, I can fix this. Yeah, absolutely. That's very good. Uh, here's a fun thing for you, though. Uh, so this particular version of the team is fascinating. It was it was around from 1946 until 1949 when uh, the team folded because it was part of the uh, All-American Football Conference, which, you know, again, all these things, there's a lot of things that changed over the years because at the time they were in a division with the Cleveland Browns, San Francisco 49ers, and Baltimore Baltimore Colts. Um, so they were uh, part of the three A. Sorry, they were not one of the three AAFC teams that merged into the NFL prior to the 1950 mm. season, um, and then they came back essentially like after the whole NFL situation uh, came to be. Let's see, I'm going to double check as to what year they came back. I forgot what year that was. Um, I had that off the dome. I didn't have it like on my screen at the time, and then I did forget it because I. Got off on another tangent. Um, let's see. They came back into fruition in 1960. I see. Um, so uh, that's where they've been. And then they were a part of the AFL from 1960 until 1969. And then once again, there was another merger of things. Uh, and so they were a part of the NFL fully uh, from 1970 until the present. Uh, so that's pretty fun. Uh, and that is fun. Uh, the final thing of note that I have uh, for them, sorry, one second. So the other thing is that at the time they played um, in a, uh, a stadium called the Civic Stadium, which is currently known as the War Memorial Stadium, colloquially known as the Rock Pile, an outdoor football, baseball, and soccer stadium in Buffalo, New York, which opened in 1937. Uh, it was opened, and the venue was later known as the Grover Cleveland Stadium. That's why I wanted to bring <gasps> that up, because we just talked about him. Uh, so that's kind of a fun little little thing for you there. And so they left that stadium, though, in 1972, and as of right now, they are still at the Highmark Stadium and pretty soon going to be getting a new stadium just on the, on the same grounds as we mm. have right now. Uh, but are going to be uh, just basically breaking ground up on like a newer updated version. That's what a lot of these places are doing. They're kind of modernizing uh, the stadiums and sort of getting them up to to date, having fancier equipment, things like that. Right. Um, right. I imagine part of this is also like, it's going to be interesting to see. I will say is that like, you know, they are open to the elements um, currently. And I think that that's kind of a, a big deal to them. Because uh, it's like, man, kind of like the Packers, they can play in snow and stuff like that and be fine. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, every image I've seen of the new proposed stadium uh, is going to be um, uh, closed at the top. Mm, so okay. I, I think, though, that in general, I think a lot of these stadiums are going to end up becoming that way. I think it is it is sort of a health situation. Sure. Um, I think that extreme cold and extreme heat can actually be 
pretty dangerous for a lot of folks. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, nothing really else I was going to mention. I mean, like I could give you a couple, like, here's some big names in Buffalo Bills, you know, history or whatever, but like they're all after 1946. So I don't think it's really relevant to bring them up or anything like that, but, um, just thought it would be fun. Now I ain't going to lie to you. The boys done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. Anyways. Anyway. So, hey, shall I go some social media? Yeah, let's go for social media. All right. I've broken into Howard's fault, and I've pulled out one of his baddest of babies, and that is our social media accounts. The Scavengers Network can be found on Twitter at ScavengersNet. Our podcast, Timeline Scavengers, can be found on Twitter at TimelineScav. Colin? I'm going to release your social media information unless you want to release it yourself. Where can you be found on Twitter? Yeah. Uh, if you want to send me the hashtag go bills or, you know, bills by a billion or whatever, if you want to talk bills or $10,000 bills, whatever you want to talk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, at Colin M Parker. Perfect. And if people if want to you talk want- to you about Sega and, um, I don't know what, what, what would that be? Tech mobile? Uh, no, uh, Madden, I believe we played Madden. Okay. I, I was mostly in NHL 94, 95 mm, uh, Sega games. Uh, baseball on the Game Boy. Mm. And those were my sports. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater at all? Uh, that was until college. I didn't have a PlayStation growing up. Mm, gotcha. Um, because I was alive. Uh, I was basically in college when the PlayStation came out. So anyways, um, we did play a lot of Pro Skater in uh, in college. After I'd already developed my music taste, he said popularly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the Sega games, uh, Sonic 2, Streets of Rage 2, Jungle Strike. That was a helicopter game where you tried not to kill civilians. It was hard. Um, or Kid Chameleon. Find me on Twitter at Unabashed James. Uh, that's going to do it for this reference filled. Uh, <coughs> Reference filled. Uh, you can also find our composer who probably played things like uh, Rayman, FIFA for or sure, Echo the Dolphin, uh, FIFA for sure, absolutely. Um, and the man, sorry, weirdly, also, um, uh, oh, uh, um, Eternal Champions, the game that I will eternally champion, also eternally championed. I'm assuming by Nick Bermald, who is the composer of our uh, theme music. And uh, you're going to hear his his beautiful sounds uh, swelling up right now as I emotionally tell you to uh, please drive safe. What is happening? At N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or NickBermaldComposer.co.uk. You can find him at tw- on Twitter at N-B-R- at N-B-R-A-M-A-L-D or at nickromaldcomposer.co.uk. That's going to do it for our show today. Colin, thank you uh, for regaling me with your sports facts and also for uh, filming this secretly uh, so that you could um, post it probably on some sort of Bill's forum. (laughs) Um, I have to imagine. Um, But uh, until next time, you can refer to me in your thoughts and prayers as James Anderson. And as always, I'm Colin Parker. Hey, if you're not, uh, if not using it, can you, uh, can you pass me the Excelsior section? 
I'm gonna stop recording. Thank you. Oh, let's see what's interesting here. I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.